guys, I'm Ange. And I'm Jay. And welcome back to WTF True Crime and Other Shit. So our one year anniversary was yesterday, so that's kind of cool. Our first episode was published one year ago yesterday. Yeah, happy anniversary to Yay, us. Yay, happy anniversary. Um, and also this week we have a 12th country now, so whoever listened from Italy, thank you. We appreciate it. That's awesome. Italy? Yeah, what did you say when I told you that somebody from Italy... Buongiorno! <laughs> Mamma mia! Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, so we have 12 countries now, so that's fun. That's quite a bit. That is actually. a lot. Yeah. Well, there's like a hundred countries. <laughs> you almost said a thousand. <laughs> Our geography is not very good. I don't know how many countries there are in the world, but we have 12, so that's exciting. Um, so I was going to do like an anniversary type episode this week just because it's our anniversary but i can only find like a couple and they didn't really interest me that much not that their cases aren't important but they just didn't interest me so then um jay had a good idea of why don't you just do one that happened in january because that's kind of like a anniversary type thing because yeah. it happened in january so that's what i did so are you have anything else you need to say I just have lots of good ideas, I guess, right? I guess, I guess that's why I married you. Oh, also, there's 195 countries. Oh, no, they, we have 12. So that's like 5%. Okay, well, it's better than 0%. Better than only Canada. I mean, we love the Canadians, obviously, but we have more. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so just a reminder, too, that this week and next week are our last episodes for a couple of weeks because we're going on vacation. So, we're yeah. out of here. Yeah. We are. It's going to be fun. But anyway, do you have anything else to add um, to my ramblings? No. Okay. Do you want to just jump in then? Yeah, you start. Yeah, okay. I'll start. So Linda Anderson was the mother of three children, Sandra, Beth, and Bobby Anderson. Linda was born and raised in Mississauga, Ontario, where she continued to live after starting her family and was an x-ray technician, although she was unemployed at the time of this case. When the children were still young, Linda's husband abandoned the family, living Lin leaving Linda to raise her three children on her own. She suffered from depression and alcohol abuse. That's a nice guy. Yeah. Peaced out. I mean, I, my own father left, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what... That's what happened that's back then, yeah. Well, I mean, not just back then. It happens. Yeah. I don't even know what back I'm talking then. about. Let's just continue. Wasn't <laughs> this case from, like, last year? No, this is from, like, 20 years ago. Oh. So, Linda remarried, but her second husband was convicted of drunk driving and domestic abuse in 2001. So, he oh. was also a real winner. So, she just knows how to pick them. She knows all. how to pick them. That's yeah. the issue here. Yeah. So, he also left shortly thereafter, and by 2002, the girls were beginning to resent the amount of responsibilities being thrust upon them. They also hated that their mother spent so much money on alcohol instead of buying them things that their friends had, like clothes and a house with a swimming pool. Yeah, everyone wants a house with a swimming pool. I know, I wanted a house with a swimming pool. Come I on, still Mom, want a house with a swimming pool. Buy me a house with a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has one. <laughs> so, they, and they thought that those things, the swimming pool and the clothes, would make them more popular at school. Where did this take place? Mississauga. Oh. Yeah. So here in Canada. No, I don't think a lot of people would have swimming pools in Mississauga, do they? So. No. For those of you who are not in Canada, Ontario, listening to this, Mississauga is basically like a suburb of Toronto. It's basically part of Toronto. So I don't think a lot of people in Toronto have swimming pools at their houses. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. So Sandra, which is one of the daughters, she stated that during her childhood, she suffered from sexual abuse from her mother's husband. And she reported this to a priest who did not further report it to the authorities. 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he had a duty to report. I thought so. Apparently not. So she also tried to report her mother's behavior to the Children's Aid Society, saying that she was driving drunk and not providing basic needs to her children, but that report also wasn't further looked into. So hmm. priests are failing these girls. Dropping the and, ball. Yeah, the CAS are failing them. So, An unnamed former classmate of Sandra's has also stated that it was an open secret that Sandra and her siblings weren't being cared for properly, and people felt sorry for them, but nothing was ever done. What's an open secret? So, like, everybody knew about it, but nobody talked about it. So everybody knew that there was kind of neglect going on, they weren't being looked after, but nobody fucking did anything, and nobody really talked about it. That's cool. Yeah. It was shortly after their stepfather left in 2002 that Sandra and Beth began looking into ways to kill their mother. This took a left turn. <laughs> they couldn't have just left like the fucking dad, so well, they had to kill somebody. They were only like 14 and 15 at this time, so they Yeah, couldn't. but running away is better than killing somebody. <sighs> yeah, it is. We want more freedoms and more stuff, so let's risk going to jail. But the thing is, too, they had already gone to the Children's Aid Society and everything, so if they had left, they would have just been brought back home. Right? I don't know, that's dumb. I know. I agree. They knew that she had a life insurance policy of about $200,000 and that they stood to receive that amount, uh, about 130000 of that, so, of that amount. Yeah. Why wouldn't they get all of it? Because uh, they have a third sibling, their brother. Oh. So, yeah. They planned to use this money for a trip to Europe for them and their friends to buy and to buy a house. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're going to get 130000 Let's kill mom for a fucking trip to Europe. And buy that house in the swimming pool because you can afford that in the GTA with $130,000. Fucking dumb. Yeah. They ultimately settled on drowning their mother because this would be fast. No, it's not. (laughs) And something that could be written off as an accident. They told three of their friends their plan and their friends encouraged the sisters. None of their friends told their parents or police what Sandra and Beth were planning. So that's good. Let's be accessories. These are all smart children. (laughs) Holy fuck, man. Maybe they should just go to school and not be dumb. (laughs) On January 18th, 2003, the girls began to carry out their plan. They started giving their mom alcohol to get get her drunk. They figured if she was drunk, she she would not be able to fight back. They also gave her six Tylenol 3s, which contained codeine, to slow down her heart. Six? (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. Like, was their mom just a monkey or what? Like... How are they just giving it to her? She's like, all right, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess she was an alcoholic, so they're just like, hey, Mom, want to have a drink? And she's like, okay. So. Sandra and Beth filled the tub and brought their mother into the bathroom. They put on gloves, helped her into the tub, and gave her a massage. Sandra then told her mother to lie on her stomach so she could scrub her back. As soon as Linda did, Sandra instantly pushed her head down into the water and held it there. She held her mother's head down for four minutes before releasing her. When she did... Linda was dead. Dead to dead. (laughs) So after confirming that their mother was dead, Sandra and Beth went to a nearby restaurant to celebrate with their friends. That's fucking (laughs) so... This is dumb. Uh, This isn't real, This is is real. This is real. Fucking dumb. So this was around 6.15pm, and they were also creating an alibi. It's worth noting that I was unable to find any information on where Bobby may have been during all of this. He was only three at the time, so I'm not sure if he was out with out of the house with family members or if the girls had left him at home with his with their dead mother. Yeah. I have no idea, but he was only three, so Well he must have been at home. I guess so, but like okay. He was three. So anyway, the girls returned home around ten thirty PM and called nine one one to start the second part of their plan. 
They told police they left around 6 p.m. and that their mother had been drunk and about to take a bath when they left. So the cause of death was listed as accidental drowning, secondary to, to alcohol intoxication. And the autopsy showed around 400 milligrams of alcohol in her system and codeine and acetaminophen. So the amount of alcohol in her system was five times the legal blood alcohol limit and three times the legal level of codeine. Jeez. So they gave her a lot. Yep. Yeah. So after all of that, the girls moved in with an aunt and Bobby was put in the care of other family members. Manulife, which is the insurance provider, paid out 67000 to three-year-old Bobby and $130,674.90 to Sandra and Beth. So they got their life insurance money. So it seems like they had committed the perfect crime and gotten away with it. Perfect. Perfect crime. Now they just don't have a mother or a father. <laughs> they're living with their so aunt. That, but they get to go on a vacation when they're 14. <laughs> their downfall began about 11 months after their mother's death. It was at this time that the girls told a friend that they had actually killed their mother and her death hadn't been accidental. Loose lips sink ships. That's, that's the right. Same. Yep, that's right. <laughs> this friend immediately went to the police and told them that Sandra and Beth had confessed. So this is the only smart one out of all of them. Yeah. The original three friends didn't say anything. But like, why would they say anything? They're so fucking dumb. I know they, dumb. they had gotten away with it for a year, but oh yeah, let's tell let's tell this new it guy. It was that. dumb to begin with, and they yeah. got away with it. Because obviously the police were dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, the mother was an alcoholic, and she this was she, like uh, she accidentally T three alcoholic because she shouldn't have had that many T threes. I, I don't know. Anyway, the police <laughs> then wired uh, the police then wired him with an audio and video to get a recording of this of this confession. So I guess the friend was a male. Yes, he was. Yeah. Over the course of a month, police were able to get enough evidence for an arrest. On January 21st, 2004, one year and three days after their mother's death, Sandra and Beth were arrested and placed in separate youth detention centers. This was later changed uh, to house arrest while they awaited trial. Nicknamed the Bathtub Girls, both sisters taped confessions and these were used in the trial. A computer was seized that showed searches about the effects of alcohol mixed with Tylenol-3. They also found chat messages that detailed the plans of the murder. Holy fuck. <laughs> Sandra and Beth were ultimately tried as youths as they were 14 and 15 when the crime took place. They were found guilty of first-degree murder. They were sentenced to 10 years in prison, which is the max for youths. That's dumb. Only 10? You yep. still killed somebody. It doesn't yep. matter how old you are. Yeah, I guess, like... In the states, they they don't care what your age is, but in Canada, they were it was it was youth, so Holy ten God. years is the max. The ten years consisted of six years in custody and four years under community supervision. If they had been tried as adults, they would have received life sentences. They weren't incarcerated in juvenile facilities, however. They were both incarcerated in a women's prison and were not able to contact each other while incarcerated. So they were old enough to go to women's prison, but not be sentenced as women. Yeah, that's backwards Canada law for you. <laughs> yep. So Justice Bruce Duncan was the one that made the decision for the sentencing. And he said, the two defendants set out to commit the perfect crime, but instead they created the perfect prosecution. The case against them is so overwhelming. It is probably the strongest case I have ever seen in over 30 years of prosecuting, defending, and judging criminal cases. Because they're fucking super dumb, they just tell everybody about it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, you guys made my job easy. Thank you. So the Crown set out to reclaim the money that they had received from the life insurance payout. 
and out of the over 133,000 they were awarded, only $48,487 was left. Wow. So they spent about $80,000 in a year. Yeah. Because that was from the time that they were like over the rest of the year after. So, and actually, even less than a year because I don't know how long it took for them to get the money in the first place, but it wouldn't have been instant. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So, $80,000 in less than a year. But the 48000 that they did reclaim was given to their brother. So, hopefully. Well, that's good. At least it went to someone that didn't kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And hopefully, whoever he's staying with is yeah. keeping it for him. Um, but Beth's boyfriend was also convicted for conspiring to murder and providing them five of the six Tylenol 3s that they used. He was found guilty and sentenced to 18 months in prison, but only served eight months in prison and four months under supervision. Huh. So guilty of conspiring to commit murder, eight months. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And um, Sandra was released to a halfway house in 2009, and Beth was released from prison in 2010. Oh, so they're just out there again now? They are out and have been, yep. Cool. Yep. So they kill their mom. They don't even. They're in prison for not even ten years. Not even because this was two thousand four. They were arrested. So no. like six, five years for one, six years for the other. In two thousand eight, a book about the murder was written by journalist Bob Mitchell. It was called "The Class Project: How to Kill a Mother," the true story of Canada's infamous bathtub girls. Linda, Sandra, Beth, and Bobby Anderson are all aliases created by the journalist Bob Mitchell for his book. As Sandra and Beth were youths when this crime was committed, their identities were protected under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Yes, yeah, so those aren't even their real names, so nobody really knows who they are. Oh, so... They could be anybody. So these are all fake names? Yeah, so they are about, I think, 34 and 35 right now, so they could literally be anybody. Any 34 or 35-year-old women. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not me, I'm too old. Just be careful who you take a bath. And my mom is still alive. <laughs> a movie was also made in 2014 about the case called Perfect Sisters. Well, they're not that fucking perfect. Fucking <laughs> I, dumb as shit. I know that's a dumb title. Yeah, so what the dumb. who named that shit? I don't know. Oh, it has a little girl from Signs in it though, Abigail Breslin or whatever uh, her name yes. is. Yeah, she's in that. Yeah. By 2020, it was reported that Sandra had graduated from university and had become a scientist. She was a single mother at the time. Beth had graduated from law school and was married and also a mother. Also in 2020, Sandra spoke anonymously to Global News with her face blurred. She said that she remembered thinking that her mother was never going to stop drinking and she should just kill her because it was like torture being trapped there. She also added that her mother was a beautiful person, very smart and loving, but she was seriously traumatized. She was overwhelmed with addiction. With different kinds of abuse, Sandra also said that the hate did blind me. I'm so sorry, I regret what happened, and with every shred of my being, my soul... I've been through so much trauma, and what I did is by far the most painful thing I've had to live with. So the most well, painful thing she's had to live with, but her mother doesn't get to live at all. Yeah, like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I found, like, a Reddit thread or whatever, and um, they were, everybody was so sympathetic to the girls. And that's that's where I actually found one of the, the former classmates. She's like, oh, it was an open secret. Everybody knew. And we were all, like, we've all felt sorry for them. But it's like, still, that doesn't give them the right what? to yeah, kill I don't their know. mother. Yeah, but these, these uh, agencies should have been looking into that anyway. Mm -hmm. so if everybody knew they were getting abused at home, why yeah, was nobody doing like, anything? Why wouldn't the school reach out or? Yep. neighbors or yep. yeah because they said the teachers knew too and everybody felt sorry for them that's dumb yep I agree and that happened in Canada only 20 years ago so wow yeah so yeah 
so this case is called the bathtub girls because I don't actually know the real names. So, but it's weird because we actually do have a picture of the mother, Linda Anderson. So I'm sure if somebody recognized her, they would know who the girls were. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not a real picture. I don't know. I just found a picture of her, but maybe it's not real. I don't know. Holy I'm going to post it. You guys can determine whether it's the real Linda Anderson or not. But. So be careful who you're taking a bath around, guys. <laughs> yeah. If they maybe. try to give you alcohol and T3s. T3s and then run you a bath for a nice like bath massage. Who gets fucking massaged in the bath? Especially by your two teenage daughters. Yeah, what the Mom, fuck? let's massage you. I'm just putting my gloves on first. That's dumb. Yeah. This whole case is fucking dumb. I know. I don't, I don't get it. Dumb. But. Anyway, so whatever. So dumb. But anyway, that was a bit of a shorter episode. A little snack episode there for you. My episodes tend to be shorter than they Jay's. They are very short, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know why. I don't know. No, you just like to get it over with, I think. I like to... No, I think I... Maybe I choose lesser known cases than you do. Maybe. Maybe not, though. Maybe... I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Short episode before we go on our break. So. Well, the next one is yours. You'll make it nice and long. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe you will. Maybe it'll I be actually, a three-hour episode. I actually have a plan to do a super long one. It's on, like, it's bad to say this, but my favorite true crime case ever, if you can have a favorite true crime case. And there's a lot of detail and a lot of information, so it's going to be a really long one. Might even be a two-parter. Um, harder. Yeah, so, but I have to actually do a lot of research on it because it's a big one. So, I'm going to do that at some point. I don't know when, but. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys want to get a hold of us, our email address is WTFTrueCrimePod at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is WTFTrueCrimePodcast. And our Instagram is just WTFTrueCrimePod as well. And I only have a couple pictures this week because I don't know who these girls actually are. So I'll post what I have, but it's not much. It's a big, dumb fucking mystery is what it is. <laughs> it is a big mystery. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next week. Not next week. Yeah, next week. You're back next week and then we're gone for two weeks after oh. that. Oh. Mm-hmm. See how well I pay attention. <laughs> we have see you one, next week. <laughs> we have one more week before we go on vacation. So Fuck, we'll see you I then. I better get busy then. <laughs> okay, bye guys. Bye.